illuminating facts, candid conversations, and some levity to lighten your day. This is The Kale Clark Show on Relevant Radio. Welcome to the Kale Clark Show. It is Brooke Taylor in for Kale today. Quite a dramatic introduction right there. Thank you for that, Jim. Today is a dramatic day. This is First Friday. It's also the eve of Our Lady of the Rosary, previously known as Our Lady of Victory, which marks the triumph of the Holy League's fleet over the Ottomans in 1571, Pope Pius V attributing that victory to a campaign to pray the rosary throughout all of Europe on the day of the battle. And that was the Battle of Lepanto. And it's something, believe it or not, I never heard of growing up. Did you Did you learn about the Battle of Lepanto? I was just talking to my mom about that this morning, and it wasn't until I was homeschooling that I think we had the first exposure of the remarkable true story and the events and also the famous poem by G.K. Chesterton, The Battle of Lepanto, his famous account that is often memorized in, in classical Catholic schools today, by the way. And I really look forward to connecting with our guest in just a moment here who's going to help bring that back to life. And that piece you just heard is a group that set the story of the battle to music. The lyrics, it was a little bit hard to hear, but it says, many aves pierced the sky. Of course, aves being the Hail Mary in Latin, and victory shall come from on high. And the month of October is the month of the Holy Rosary, Respect Life Month. And today, again, speaking of, of drama, there's so much going on in this beautiful, heavenly, cosmic drama. And it is the Ohio March for Life in Columbus actually took place earlier today. And our son Grant was there. He's a student at the Ohio State University, was right in the mix, marching alongside thousands of others. So beautiful to see young and old, near and far, everybody in the downtown streets of Columbus singing the Salve Regina and in praying with their rosaries and locking arms. But I wanted to share a clip. He took some videos, a little street journalism that he was doing, and it was a young man. And I thought, what a beautiful snippet that isn't going to get a lot of press, but I just thought it was is, was so beautifully emblematic of so many of, of our relevant radio family as well. It was a young man, a former atheist, so I hope you'll be able to hear that in the video. He was there at the March for Life. He is now a pro-life Catholic. He looked to be maybe in his early 20s. And he was being engaged with a, a Protestant protester. And the way he handled it, I think, was such a master class in charity and truth. And I just want to play a portion of that. Take a listen. This is what Grant captured today at the March. Here it is. Jesus Christ is everything to us. We're here because we love our Lord and our God. We believe in the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's why we do this every single Mass, right? We believe in John 6, where it says, you know, eat my flesh and drink my blood. We believe in the love of Jesus Christ, right? I was an atheist until I was 18 years old, okay? And I didn't know what to believe in. And I chose Jesus because he's the only way to salvation. I chose the Catholic Church because I believe in what they believe in, in confession, John 20, right? The sins you retain are retained, right? 
Jesus gave them authority to forgive sin through Jesus. It's all through Jesus, my man. It's all through Jesus Christ. That's why I'm a Catholic. I love you, man. And I love that you have a love for Jesus and you want us to go to heaven. That's all we want too, man. Good for him. God bless you, sir. Well done. And also at the end of that video, just rallying everyone for the cause of pro-life, the sanctity of human life, wherever you are, at whatever faith tradition or not at all. And it was a really beautiful moment. And you know, when you go to these events, that's what you see, these beautiful glimpses of people every day who are there in the trenches. And again, the Ohio March for Life today in preparation for the vote no in November on issue one. And on that note, later this hour, the CEO of Ohio Right to Life, Peter Range, will be here on the program. He was also one of the speakers today at the march. So he'll give us a recap of the events, along with what we all need to know about issue one in Ohio in November and how it impacts everyone. Joining me now, though, as we talk about the Battle of Lepanto, the month of the Holy Rosary, the beautiful graces of the Ave Maria, is my first guest. That is Father Lawrence Carney. In 2017, he began the League of St. Martin a pious association that prays for reverence, reparation, and reversion, and the chief goals being enrollment in the Arch Confraternity of the Holy Face and the Confraternity of the Holy Rosary. Also, author of the book, The Secret of the Holy Face, The Devotion Destined to Save Society. Welcome back. Hello, Father Carney. Thanks for having me back, Brooke. It's good to speak to you. What a month. Wow, what a gift the month of October is. Are you with us, Father? Yes, I'm here. Okay. Well, yeah, we opened the rosary. Yes, and we opened the show with that reference to the Ave Maria, the Hail Mary, and this the connection of the rosary and the victory of Lepanto. So maybe we can start with that, the prayers of the rosary, the significance of the Hail Mary that we can trace back all the way to, to Genesis, Genesis 3. Yes, Genesis three fifteen, the Proto-Evangelium. The first good news, Yeah, after Adam and Eve fell, the first good news was that God was going to give us a second chance. And uh, Our Lady, there was a lady who was going to crush the head of the serpent. And so that promise was fulfilled in the Ave Maria, Hail full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women. So there we have that the angel came and announced to Our Lady that there would be victory over sin, and, and that victory would be Jesus Christ. So when we say the angelic psalter, which is another name for the 150 Aves, we just keep pronouncing that victory. And it's just love. I love it when people understand that when we say the Hail Mary, that it's doing damage to the demons. They can't stand it. And you mentioned there, Father, the angelic psalter, that sometimes the Hail Mary is called that, or the rosary. What What's the history with that? Well, the history is that the clerics and the religious, the monks, the nuns, they were given by the church the duty of praying for the church, and that's called the divine office. Right. And they would pray the Psalms, and we still do that today. And there's 150 Psalms. Right. So for people that weren't clerics, you know, that had to make a living, had to work, they would pray 
the 150 Hail Marys, that's the angelic altar. So the rosary can be prayed, of course, by all, by clerics and religious and lay people, but it really was something for the lay people to pray throughout their workday so that they could become sort of close to the clergy and religious in some ways, but they still have their state in life, their duties in life, so they couldn't be as, you know, as a Carthusian, you know, as wrapped up in the contemplative life. So I think it's a beautiful thing to think of it that way. Absolutely. And also we were talking about the feast day tomorrow. It was Our Lady of Victory, now Our Lady of the Rosary, and commemorating that October 7th battle in the 16th century of Lepanto. So maybe we can um, touch on that as well and the significance of that. Sure. So the Ottoman Turks, also known as Muslims, I was reading some time ago, it really makes sense that they're not so much a different religion, but they're heretics. They, they were Christians, but then the dogma began to be twisted, and they denied that Jesus Christ was God, and they just started to call him a great prophet. So these heretics uh, want to do battle against the Catholic Church, and they don't see the truth in the Catholic Church as we do. So they've become, you know, the scourge of Christianity for so many centuries. And so this rivalry kept building up and that this holy war uh, came to a climax on October the 7th, you you mentioned earlier, um, in 1571 at the Battle of Lepanto, also known as the Battle of Our Lady of Victory. So what was happening, it's very dramatic and very beautiful. We know that Pope uh, St. Pius V was praying his rosary because he was keeping the, the, the narrative with how the battle was going. And I remember reading that he was in a council and he told the men, we need to stop. And he looked out the window and he was praying his rosary and he said, we have won. And that's before the news came. Mm-hmm. But the battle itself is, is something because... Uh, when the Christians were fighting, the men were praying the rosary, and then they pulled out the secret weapon. The main ship had a flag that was still bound up, and they unbound it, and it was a picture of Our Lady. And that's when the tide began to change. The Ottoman Turks, they lost to the Christians. And the night, and also, as you mentioned, Don Juan of Austria the night before, and the statistics were not good. The numbers were not in the favor of of our side, and that the night before, John of Austria, John Juan, asked all of the men to pray the rosary for victory, and as well as the Pope, Pope Pius V, asking all of Europe. And so just that, that humility, that trust, is is powerful, and like you said, with the flag unfurling and this dramatic turn of events, uh, it's it's something. As we look at the month of October, and especially here in Ohio, and we're going to be talking to Peter Range coming up with Right to Life, and you know these radical ballot issues that could, I mean, lives are in the balance. Uh, it's such a reminder of the beauty of Our Lady of Victory. 
Yes, Our Lady of Victory. You know, it's it's not magic. We can't just do a few things and we're going to win. It's having, like you mentioned, the humility of Don Juan and having his men pray the rosary beforehand. It was a It's a holy war. So we have to be holy before, during, and after the battle. That's Christianity. We Every day that goes by, it does us well to try to grow in the spiritual life, because if we're not advancing, we're going to go back. We can't just stay in the middle. So that's what this this battle teaches us, and that's why we have uh, a whole day set aside for Our Lady of the Rosary to remind us that we're Christians and have a constant conversation with God is, is one of the key points in the interior life. And praying the rosary is a bridge or it's a gateway to have that where we have a constant conversation with God. And once we do that, Brooke, once we have a constant conversation with God, then we grow so much in charity and hope and in faith, which are the theological virtues. And that's a beautiful reminder that we are the church militant and we're all called to that. And the, and that's the battle is, is on our knees first. I wanted to ask also when we, we pray the rosary here on relevant radio, we pray every day the family rosary across America with Father Rocky. And I love that it really brings the prayers to life because we are hearing stories. We are enfolding names and intentions in real time in the body of Christ and in presenting this bouquet to Our Lady. But I was wondering, for the times when it can become monotonous or dry and we pray the rosary every day and maybe are struggling to stay focused on a particular mystery here on Friday, of course, we always meditate on the Sorrowful Mystery and on Tuesdays as well. Any advice to helping us stay focused and just entering into the meditations? Yes, that's a good question. So I recommend that we pray against the spirit of, it's called the noonday devil. That's the spirit that wants us to be slothful and not to do our prayers. So we can pray against the noonday devil by just praying that spirit goes away. So when the, the rosary gets difficult, that's the time that we show our love for God by just breaking through that. And it would be good to be consecrated to the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit will give us the seven gifts, especially when we're struggling, that they would increase. And one other thing I want to mention is it's so important to enroll in the confraternity of the Holy Rosary. And that's something I didn't know until a few years ago when a priest told me that, because if we want to be part of the spiritual battle, we need to be enrolled and enlisted, because that's what happens when soldiers want to become fighting for the United States. They become enlisted, and it's really easy to do. You can go to the Dominicans and find out which region you're in, and you can enroll and then you join the army of St. Dominic and St. Catherine of Siena, St. Vincent Ferrer, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, and I, I would recommend that along with the Arch Confraternity of the Holy Face as well, because both, as we mentioned in the intro there, are for reparation, reverence, and reversion. Absolutely. Yeah, if people want to fight against this revolution that's going on in the world right now, then the Arch Confraternity, the Holy Face, is for you. And that's easy to do, too. People can enroll. We have a website. If people would search 
the League of St. Martin or martinians.org, then we have a way to show people how to be enlisted in that spiritual army, which has uh, St. Therese of Lisieux and St. Louis Martin and Venerable Leo Pont. So it's, it's, it's this young military outfit that's only been around since 1885 when Pope Leo XIII erected it. So speaking of the rosary, Pope Leo XIII, he wrote, I think, uh, around a dozen encyclicals on the rosary. So the rosary is a, it's a, it's a special weapon against the enemy, and I recommend it as highly as I can. Yes, and such a powerful gift for generationally, as, as we know. And what we see here on Relevant Radio is to be able to pray that together, just like we, you know, we have Mass, we have the Divine Mercy Chaplet, those devotions and the graces dispensed from them are inexhaustible. And one more thing before you go, I remember the last time that we spoke, you mentioned something that I wanted to explore, but we didn't have time, and I keep thinking about it, and that was the reverence of our Lord's name and all honor that is due to the name of God. But you said that something that you learned recently is to be careful with the derivatives, and I hadn't heard that before. And so I wanted to ask you about that because I think for a lot of, and when you say the derivatives, I think you mean other things other than taking the Lord's name in vain that we might use because we think it's less offensive, but you're saying we still have to be careful with those as well. Yes. So a derivative means we're not saying the Lord's name in vain, but we're using a, a word that begins with G, or we're saying something that everyone knows we're meaning God, but we're not saying it, but we're complaining. And so that, in a way, is a minor blasphemy, because we're complaining about God's divine providence. Like, someone even told me, out of the weather in Minnesota, I'm, li- I'm in Minnesota right now for three weeks, but because the Father, the weather changes one day or another, and I just can't stand it. And I said, oh, we can't even complain about the weather, because St. Alphonse of Glory said, if we complain about the weather, then we're complaining about the divine providence of God. Well, God is good. He does everything that's good. There's a reason why he allows some evils to happen for a greater good. So she was like, yeah, I never thought of that. That's a good way. So just like the derivatives, we have to respect and honor the divine providence of God. When God wants things to happen, there's a, there's a good reason. So it helps us to have reverence, never to use his name in vain, of course, but never to use a derivative. But to say something like, if we're surprised with the way things happen, oh, wow. And then we can change that into a prayer instead of complaining to God, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. What about if you're surprised, like you said, if you're surprised and you say, oh, my goodness, is that still because it's a G? Is that still questionable? Yes. That's still questionable because we're using a word that almost sounds like God. So we just need to get away from that completely and and say something that's benign. Like, I like to say, wow, and I'm surprised, wow. And you know what? When we go to, hopefully when we get to go to heaven, that's what we'll be doing. We'll we'll have the beatific vision. We'll say, wow. Mm -hmm. And you see, when we start off that way, then it's easier to end that in a prayer. But when we say, oh, my goodness, it's sort of like, oh, do I, am I going to say something bad against God's providence, or am I going to say something mm. good? So I don't know if that helps. It does. It, when it really, it challenges our patterns and our mindset. 
And so I really appreciate that because I think the last time you were on and said that, I didn't realize how often I do say, oh my goodness, quite a bit. And it was <laughs> something that I stopped and thought, maybe I shouldn't say that. So I really appreciate it. I'm going to have to watch Andy Griffith because I know he has some really good, um, <laughs> very sweet, but or re, you know, obviously the, the lives of the saints, because we don't, those are things, I guess, um, perhaps modern ways of speaking that we don't, in, in, in St. Teresa's case, she was in the Romantic era, so even her writing is just such this beautiful, embellished way of speaking. But it's it's wonderful, I think, to be challenged that way, like you said about the weather as well. And so many things we have an opportunity to offer up. And as you mentioned, in the spiritual life, if we are not growing, we we're kind of stagnant or going backwards. And so it is an opportunity like a muscle to embrace that and to say, okay, this is, I'm building this muscle. And sometimes it takes some resistance and it, it's uncomfortable for a little bit, but then we see the fruit of that and the benefit and everyone around us benefits. So that's a great reminder. Thank you so much, Father. God bless you and happy feast day to you. How can we pray for you? And would you give us a blessing, I guess? Let's conclude that way sure. um, after you let us know how we can pray for you. Yeah, just I ask everyone to pray for Providence for the League of St. Martin. So here comes my blessing. Benedictio de omnipotentis patris et filii spiritus sancti shindet super rose et mani et semper. Amen. Amen. In nomine patri filii spiritus sancti. God bless you. Thank you so much, Father Lawrence Daniel Carney. Thank you again for your time and just, of course remember a reminder that we pray the family rosary across america with father rocky every night here on relevant radio streaming on all social media platforms as well live here on the network we will be right back with the ceo of ohio right to life all eyes are on ohio with issue one on the ballot in november peter range will be here to talk about the march for life in downtown columbus earlier today and what you need to know to protect women and children not only in ohio but in every state in the union he will be with us next here on the kale clark show it's brooke taylor in for kale stay with us here on relevant radio and the app this is the kale clark show giving you the confidence you need to bring the faith into everyday life this coming July, our whole team will be in Indianapolis live at the National Eucharistic Congress. Relevant Radio is offering an easy, family-friendly travel experience thanks to Nativity Pilgrimage. Let's show up for Jesus together. We know the anticipation, the prayers, and the graces prepared. We have no idea, but let's go find more information about travel packages at relevantradio.com slash encounter. That's relevantradio.com slash encounter. We are in the month of October, and it is the month of the Holy Rosary. Also, Respect Life Month. It's Brooke Taylor in for Kale, and we are about a month away from the vote in Ohio on issue one, which is one of the most radical ballot issues in the history of the state of Ohio. And if issue one passes, it will enshrine abortion until birth with zero restrictions into Ohio's constitution. And we'll hear more about those specifics. And as if that were not devastating enough, there is also that element that would enshrine minors' so-called right to undergo dangerous sex change surgeries, acquire life-altering drugs behind their parents' backs. And today, the Ohio March 
for Life took place. So grateful to see and hear some of the highlights. Holy Mass was at historic St. Joseph's Catholic Church in downtown Columbus, standing room only, I might add, and His Excellency Bishop Earl Fernandez presiding. In his sermon, he said he talked about life, and to say no to the killing of innocence is to say yes to the gift of life. This past Sunday, Bishop David Bonner, the Bishop of the Diocese of Youngstown, Ohio, blessed the pilgrims headed to the March for Life in our local church. We were really honored. Two of our sons were there able to serve as altar servers for that liturgy. And I had a chance to speak with Bishop Bonner after Mass And he was mentioning, reminding me, he was the homilist last year at the March in Columbus, gave the opening prayer. And just to be reminded that the bishops are in solidarity on this issue. His Episcopal motto is that we all may be one. And he he said, have you gone and read the letter? And reminded me that the letter in February that was out from all the bishops in Ohio on this issue, and I just wanted to share it with you as well, a portion. It says, the church, this is from all the bishops in Ohio, the church must not be silent and cannot remain on the sidelines when confronted with such a clear threat to human life. This proposal demands a response, and we strongly encourage Catholics and all people of goodwill to work against including the proposed amendment for the November ballot. And if it appears on the ballot, this is again before the August initi- the vote, against the amendment to prevent countless deaths of preborn innocent children, we, the Catholic bishops of Ohio, stand with you, our faithful, in our commitment, in the name of the Lord of life, to each person from conception to natural death. And someone who was speaking at the March for Life today was CEO, Ohio Right to Life, Peter Range, who I think is one of the hardest working pro-life leaders in the country. And Ohio is proud to have him. Grateful to welcome him to the program now. Hi, Peter. Hi, Brooke. How are you doing today? Hey, uh, good, good. Thank you for being here. Um, and, and I am amazed that you are because I feel like you can almost bilocate. Last night you were at the Dinner for Life. Today was the Ohio March for Life. I know that every day you are going. And I'm um, just wondering if you could maybe give us a recap of what you experienced maybe last night as well as today. Well, Brooke, I'm just arriving back here in Northwest Ohio, where I reside uh, from Columbus. And it was so enthusiastic, so joyful to be around so many young people at Ohio's March for Life, at least 4,000 people in attendance in Columbus. And, you know, the the feeling and the mood uh, from every one of our speakers, from Aisha Taylor, who shared her story about choosing life for her twins in her womb, uh, to Senator J.D. Vance sharing about the importance of voting no in November. I just leave enthused and fired up. And knowing that if we get the word out there about the dangers of this amendment, of the the painful late-term abortions that it would allow, the removal of parental rights, that the majority of Ohioans, even those who, you know, might consider themselves pro-choice, will soundly reject this amendment. But it comes down to the fact, can we get the word out there? So that's why I love being here talking to you, because I know you have so many Ohio listeners. Uh, We can't sit on the sidelines on this one. We have to use everything at our disposal, our finances, our spiritual power, our practical, you know, opportunities to go door to door to tell people about the danger of issue one. So we vote no in November and we can be a state that sends this abortion amendment, quite frankly, Brooke, uh, back to hell where it belongs, because this is exactly where it came. This is evil. It needs to be defeated. And we can do that here in the state of Ohio unprecedented in how radical it is never before. And I don't think 
that people understand. I know, and I've, I've heard a lot here on Relevant Radio because we have pro-life experts from around the country for decades who have dedicated their life to this cause, who in, again, solidarity are talking about Ohio because of the implications to the rest of the country. And I heard you call it a Gettysburg moment, which I think is a great way to describe it. Can you unpack that? Yeah, absolutely. This is a Gettysburg-type moment for the pro-life movement. This is a turning point in the war for life, particularly after the fall of uh, Roe v. Wade this last summer. Glory to God. But, you know, unfortunately, the left was prepared to attack uh, these individual states through these ballot initiatives. And so to kind of put this in a nationwide context, we saw that there were six ballot initiatives that took place across the country after the fall of Roe v. Wade, after the Dobbs decision. Those included kind of some um, more conservative states where the pro-life side had already planned ballot initiatives, Kansas, Kentucky, Montana, but also states where uh, they're a little bit more uh, liberal in their voting records. So California, Michigan, New Hampshire, uh, where the ACLU Planned Parenthood tried to pass uh, these abortion measures, which allow for abortion through all nine months of pregnancy. Unfortunately, uh, the pro-life side was 0 for 6 in these battles after the fall of Dobbs. Some of that has to do with reality that the abortion industry is able to throw so much money into these states and quite frankly, just lie to the voters. And so the voters go to the polls, not knowing what they're voting on. So right now, I mean, the left is running commercials in the state of Ohio telling women that they're not going to be able, that they, they're not going to be able to get miscarriage care, that you have to vote for yes on on one because you got to protect your rights to miscarriage care. That is a complete lie. Miscarriage care here in the state of Ohio is accessible to every woman who needs it, as it is across the country. Uh, but because the left has so much money to throw into these things, we're over six in these battles, these fights, and they feel like they have an avenue then that they can change the rest of the country. So there might be up to 11 states in 2024 that are facing these ballot initiatives. But this is the first time that the left is bringing their uh, strategy into a more conservative state, the state of Ohio. So there's only one state in the entire country that has this ballot initiative, and it's us here in Ohio. So we have to win here to stop the left's winning streak, but then to show those 8 to 11 states the next year, how do you win one of these battles? So this is why this is a Gettysburg-type moment. It's a key battle in the fight for life, so it it has implications beyond the 30,000 kids that might be aborted next year if this Uh, constitutional amendment passes, it has implications for the rest of the country as well and the protection of the preborn in all those states as well. There's so much to this. It's hard to even know where to go and and, and what to cover next because every part of it uh, has implications. And you just mentioned the misinformation, the fake news that's deliberately being pumped through the airways, social media everywhere. One of the things I really appreciate with Ohio Right to Life is you do have things already kind of bundled, prepackaged and ready to go to clarify. And when you go to the Ohio Right to Life, there is a quote from Dr. Kathleen Lutter. She's a board-certified OBGYN in Ohio, and she said there is no law in Ohio that stops us from caring for them or caring for mom during an emergency such as an ectopic pregnancy or miscarriage. The abortion industry wants to talk about these non-issues because they don't want you to know what their amendment is really about. An extreme agenda that legalizes painful abortions up until birth and takes away rights from parents. That's something that you can easily easily share and text post on social media that I think is helpful because it's 
it's real, it's truthful. And that's part of the battle, as you mentioned, is the clarity because it's purposely vague. That's right. And when you look at the groups behind this, Brooke, it kind of shows what they're ultimately after. You know, the ACLU, Planned Parenthood, obviously, were uh, writers of this amendment. But they also joined forces with a group called URGE, uh, United for Reproductive and Gender Equality. On these individuals' own Twitter account, or these groups' Twitter accounts, I mean, they call for the uh, the end to parental involvement law saying that they're unethical and must be abolished, therefore, quote, celebrating all abortions with no exceptions. They oppose laws that would require school personnel to notify parents of their child's gender dysphoria. And they also, again, all public on their social media accounts, therefore decriminalizing self-managed abortions. And when we're talking about what's at stake, parental rights and consent, uh, late-term abortion on demand, it's because... The other groups have made it quite clear what they're after. And, Brooke, if we have an opportunity, I'd love to go into the language of the amendment so people can understand how they're using kind of these crafty words, if you will, to kind of hide their agenda, because it's something that other states around the country need to be ready for as well if they see this pop up in their states and how then to approach it. Uh, Peter Range is with us, CEO of Ohio Right to Life, and I would love to do that because I received an email question, and I think it takes it right to your point, but I, it also made me pause. It's from Mark. I just want to read it, and I think it'll help uh, set the stage for, for what you're about to explain here. He says, there's a lot of confusion since the language in the issue is not explicit. I think we have done a poor job illuminating the potential ramifications and highlighting how specific wording in the issue can and will be interpreted by liberal courts. The proponents of the issue know full well if true language was clear that people would feel differently about supporting it. He says, I have concerns that this issue will pass based on what I'm reading. Sadly, I know of many women in my life who support it, even Catholic women. This is an email we received from a Catholic man, husband, father. That is very sad, Peter. And again, to your point about the language specifically, absolutely, that's a big part of how they're getting any ground at all because they're simply deceiving. Yeah, well, let me start. Uh, Mark, thank you so much for the question. Let me let me just start with Ohio's motto. The state motto of, the, of, of Ohio is, with God, all things are possible. And so, yes, we're up against uh, Goliath in the abortion industry with the amount of money that they have and their ability to kind of lie in the media. Uh, but we have Jesus Christ on our side. And if we do the small things uh, that is necessary to win an election. Um, I think we can win here in the state of Ohio. I've seen the polls, Brooke. This is a victory that we can bring home if we just get our people to the polls. So let me tell our people here in the state of Ohio and across the nation kind of the way that they've crafted this language so we can spread the word. We can call people, even if we're not living in the state of Ohio, you can call your family and your friends here uh, to inform them the, about the dangers of the amendment. So in the amendment, it says that every individual has a right to make and carry out one's own reproductive decisions, including but not limited to decisions on contraception, fertility treatment, continuing one's own pregnancy, miscarriage, care, and abortion. First off, all those things they mentioned are all legal in the state of Ohio. Miscarriage, care, continuing one's own pregnancy, right. um, all those things are accessible to women here in our state. But notice that it says every individual. Nowhere in the document does it say mother or woman at all. That's, that's on purpose. The word individual, that's a legal term. That means anyone of any age and anyone of any gender. So an 11-year-old, that is an individual, according to the law. 
um, a, a boy. That is an individual, according to the law. You know, Planned Parenthood has become the second leading provider of cross-sex hormones in the country. So they have an individual who comes into Planned Parenthood. They're struggling with uh, gender dysphoria, and Planned Parenthood starts them on these drugs. And by the time they fully, quote-unquote, transition when they're 27, uh, they've gained a million dollars off of these individuals' lives. Um, and when it comes to parental consent, people in the media have asked us, well, you know, hey, there's nothing about parental consent in the amendment. Well, there doesn't have to be. Um, when you look at that word individual, that means that individual has a constitutional right. So parents or anybody else can't stand in the way. We'll get more into that in just a second. But again, if you go back to the groups that started this, in the court of law, in Pink versus Indiana, Planned Parenthood versus Alaska, Planned Parenthood argued that parental consent is a burden. In fact, the ACLU recently argued in New Hampshire that parents lose the right to parent their child once they enter a public school. So we know what these groups are ultimately after. Now, when it comes to late-term painful abortion on demand in this amendment, you know, if you just read the, the language of the amendment, you think it's quite nebulous that it doesn't contain that. But again, it goes to a specific word, and that is the word health. So it says in the amendment that the treating physician, if they believe it is necessary to protect the pregnant patient's life or health, that they could have an abortion. That term health, that comes from Roe's companion case, Doe v. Bolton. The court defined health to include all factors, physical, emotional, psychological, familial, the woman's age, relevant to the well-being of the mother. So if the mom's struggling, maybe emotionally, at the eight months of pregnancy, the treating physician, who in this case, of course, is the abortion doctor, could say, look, we can take care of this problem for you. You're struggling emotionally. Under Ohio law, because it's a constitutional right, you can go ahead and have this abortion. We can take care of this for you. Um, and then when it comes back again to parental rights, um, there was an undue burden standard that was put in place by Planned Parenthood versus Casey all the way back in 1992 mm -hmm. that said, look, you can have some uh, restrictions on abortion as long as it didn't pose an undue burden on the woman trying to access her reproductive rights. But in this amendment, they simply drop the undue standard and they say that, look, anything directly or indirectly that burdens, penalizes, prohibits, interferes with, or discriminates against either an individual's voluntary exercise of this right or a person or entity that assists an individual exercising this right um, is deemed unnecessary. So basically, you could have, for example, in the state of Ohio, we have a 24-hour waiting period. We think it's a good thing that you know a woman might take a deep breath and really think about this very serious decision uh, before she would have an abortion. That could be considered a burden here to an activist judge in the state of Ohio. Um, and notice that in the amendment, it says that anyone who assists an individual exercising this right could be provided immunity. So you could, Brooke, you could have a soccer coach in, in, you know, teaching in a high school who has an inappropriate relationship with one of his soccer players. He takes her to the local Planned Parenthood, and all he is doing is assisting that uh, individual exercising her constitutional right. And in fact, in the state of Ohio, we have this very situation. Uh, John Holler in Cincinnati had an inappropriate relationship with an eighth grade student. He took her to Planned Parenthood. He posed as her father because right now we have parental consent laws. But if this amendment passes, he doesn't even have to pose as a father. He can just be the soccer coach because he's one individual assisting another individual exercising her constitutional right. This is extreme. It's dangerous. And even if one would consider themselves pro-choice, this goes 
too far for the state of Ohio and for common sense. I think over and over we have seen it's just so shocking that this has been established. It protects predators and you think no one with any reasonable conscience would be okay with that. And I do think that this is a meeting point because of the extremes and how radical that is if we can just communicate it. I want to throw the studio line out here for anyone who might have a question about this issue. Ohio Right to Life CEO Peter Range is here. one 914 Call us to Add your voice to the conversation if you have a question for Peter. I have to take a break, but when we come back with lives in the balance, how can you help? We've we've seen the power of the Memorare Prayer. Over half a billion Memorare's here on Relevant Radio prayed and counting. And when we come back, uh, we want to offer a variety of ways that might help when considering getting involved in this sh- issue as well as how it will expand across the country to protect women and children, our babies, save lives. It's Brooke Taylor in for Kale. This is the Kale Clark Show. We'll be right back here on Relevant Radio and the app. This is the Kale Clark Show, giving you the confidence you need to bring the faith into everyday life. It's it Friday. It's Brooke Taylor here in for Kale. And it's first Friday on the eve of Our Lady of the Rosary, Father Lawrence Carney joining us earlier in the program, talking about the Battle of Lepanto, which is the origin of of the feast day tomorrow previously known as our lady of victory if you missed that you can check out the full podcast it's really a remarkable story of the power of the holy rosary which by the way we pray together tonight like we do every night after trending with the family rosary across america with father rocky at eight central time and also did you know we are eight weeks away from the season of advent We are giving away here on Relevant Radio Nativity sets to 200 listeners, and we want to make sure you have yours in plenty of time to display outside your home all throughout the Advent and Christmas season. And I think, too, to keep it and save it and and keep it in the family because it's such a beautiful value. It's $500 in value, so you'll have it for a long time. Just visit RelevantRadio.com slash set and that's it you're in the running and if you enter before midnight central time on october 15th you could win peter range is the ceo of ohio right to life after an incredibly busy week and the ohio march for life earlier today in columbus we are honored to have him with us on the program i think we have time for a few calls one triple eight nine one four nine one four nine is the number to call patrick alog on the phones waiting to take your call and richard is with us from chicago heights illinois with a question peter are you with us Hi, Richard. I'm, I'm with you. Yes, hi. Hi. Your question um, for Peter? Yeah. My question is, uh, since the media isn't going to get the message out for the pro-life side, is Governor DeWine engaging in this effort uh, to prevent this constitutional amendment from going through or any other of the um, elected officials that would be on the pro-life side? Yeah, great question, Richard, and thank you so much. We are so very blessed. Even just today at the Ohio March for Life, we had about 20 lawmakers up on stage. Christina Roger, who is the sponsor of the Heartbeat Bill here in Ohio, gave a tremendous prayer and speech today. So we're very thankful to have that echo chamber really working here in the state of Ohio. Also, Governor DeWine is fully engaged in the campaign, which we're very thankful for He won 85 out of 88 counties here in the state of Ohio in this last election. 
against an individual, Nan Whaley, who solely ran on the issue of abortion. Um, and to have Senator Vance speak so powerfully today mm-hmm. for the gospel of life was just a tremendous, tremendous gift. Now, you know, I'm always uh, wanting our politicians and each and every one of them to speak about it every single day from every platform that they have. But I tell you what, I've been so pleased, especially these last couple weeks, with how our politicians, our pro-life leaders are stepping up across the state of Ohio. And that makes Ohio different in some ways, for example, than, you know, the state of Michigan where Proposition 3 passed. Governor Whitmer was using her platform to fight for Proposition 3, while here in the state of Ohio, Governor DeWine is stepping up for us in a huge way to fight for life. And we can't be more blessed because of that. Yeah, you mentioned... uh J.D. Vance, Lieutenant Governor John Husted, he was, by the way, adopted himself. He was there and speaking about a dozen lawmakers, lots of parishes, Catholic schools, collegiate pro-life groups. I saw our friends from Life Runners there, the Chesterton schools from Dayton, Ohio, Columbus, Akron, all brought groups. The Bridgettine nuns were there, our Orthodox brothers and sisters. So it must be very heartening for you, Peter, to see the turnout. You know, it just it gives me great hope. And when I look at this election as well, and I look at the polls, I'd rather be uh, in the other side's shoes as far as being ahead a little bit as they are. But with that being said, their numbers are very vulnerable. Uh, When you look at these ballot election issues, you want to be up around 60 percent. They're not close to that right now. So we have a chance because when people know that this allows painful abortion until birth, when people know that this affects parental notification laws here in the state of Ohio, over 75% of Ohioans, Brooke, will reject this amendment, including 60% of those who identify as liberal or progressive. And we're seeing hearts and minds changed at the door. We have knocked on 290,000 doors uh, recently here in the state of Ohio. We're hoping to knock on you know, another 100,000 here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, hearts and minds are being changed at the door. And we just had Brooke released as well, 100. Uh, over 100 African-American pastors, including Mm -hmm. some pastors who came out very strongly, for example, on Black Lives Matter and and issues of that nature, they have come out very strongly against this amendment. So we have many in the African-American community as well who are standing up and saying, wait a minute, our roots are pro-life. We believe in the dignity of human life. And this cuts off all debate on the issue of abortion in the state of Ohio. And it just settles us in a position which allows abortion through all nine months of pregnancy, that's not what we want here in the state of Ohio. So I'm very encouraged from our elected leaders to our people on the ground, the people at the doors, and our African-American leaders as well, who are stepping up in a huge a huge way to say we believe in life here in the state of Ohio. I'm glad you mentioned that. If you want to see that, it's at Protect Women Ohio. I know on Twitter or X now, it's at Protect Women OH. More than 100 Black faith and community leaders are speaking out, calling the radical issue one, a life or death matter for the Black community. And you can click the link there. And there's also Democrats opposing late-term abortions, again, because of it's all just, again, the extreme nature of it. And you had posted and retweeted, retweeted something earlier this week about Planned Parenthood and just how quickly, especially for the special needs community, you can go in. It says Planned Parenthood is giving cross-sex hormones to teenagers, including those with special needs, after just a 30-minute consult. And part of what Richard's point was, too, Peter, is that the media is not getting the message out. And so this is something that parents should know their rights are going to be impotent. And that is terrifying, especially if you have a child on the spectrum. The numbers are astronomical of those children. And my daughter's autistic that are 
vulnerable to this ideology and gender dysphoria. And so to not have as a parent the ability to protect your children should be something that we're all concerned about. And we just have a few minutes left, but I wanted to ask about that is again with Richard's point, is it is the media suppressing posts? I know they don't ever come out and say that on social media and the platforms. What should we do, whether we are in Ohio or Alaska? How can we get involved? Is posting and sharing, or like you said, if you're in Ohio, going door to door the most effective way? How can we mobilize best? Yeah, thanks for the question, Brooke. And just, you know, three things I would suggest to your listeners. First and foremost, this foundationally is a spiritual battle. It is absolutely a moral battle. It's absolutely a political battle, but foundationally it is a spiritual battle. So I want to invite your listeners to pray with me every day. Second uh, Chronicles 714, pray at 714 a.m. and 714 p.m. Uh, in that spirit of Second Chronicles 714, which says, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. The only way we win this thing is if the Lord win, uh, works powerfully here in the state of Ohio. Secondly, I want to invite your listeners to, to fast with me as well for this campaign. You know, maybe just give up uh, snacks between meals. Um, and then every Friday, we have a Zoom call. I welcome anybody in the, across the nation to join us at 3 p.m. They can shoot me an email at prange at ohiolife.org to join us in prayer. Uh, but when it comes to the practical aspect of how people can help out, um, we'd love for you to fly into Ohio and go door-to-door with us. Um, if you can't do that, um, also you can phone bank from wherever you're at. We can provide you with a list of numbers to call here in the state of Ohio. So you can be in California or New Hampshire, wherever it may be, and you can call our voters to make sure you get them to the poll. And I think you mentioned, you know, following us on social media, helping us create that echo chamber of many people saying the same thing. Every time I tweet something, I get about 100 uh, more progressive folks who are just you know, yelling at me and things of that nature. Um, so we need those individuals to kind of fight in our digital army as well. And then the last thing I'll say is from a donation perspective, uh, there's seven major media markets in the state of Ohio. It costs about $516,000 for one week's worth of commercials just in one county. We need financial donations. I mean, in the millions of dollars to be able to fight back. So please donate at protectwomenohio.com or ohiolife.org so we can put this money towards the cause so we can be up on TV. We just uh, bought a $1.3 million TV ad buy for the next week, but we're going to need about $4 million more million to really be successful in the campaign. So pray, uh, make some phone calls for us, and please consider a financial donation to help us fight back against the ACLU and Planned Parenthood. Absolutely. Ohio Right to Life CEO Peter Range, thank you so much again for taking the time to join us. This is Respect Life Month, also the month dedicated to the Most Holy Rosary. We fly the banner of Christ. We trust in the maternal protection of the Holy Queen. My name is Brooke Taylor, in for Kill. Timory is up next. God bless you.